The RTE Rugby Podcast, sponsored by Canterbury. Proud official kit suppliers to the Irish men and women's rugby teams. Now, over the course of the season here on RTE Sport, I'm going to be checking in with as many Irish rugby players and coaches as I possibly can get my hands on over the course of this season who are out and around outside of the Irish provincial system because there is an ever-growing number of players out there, whether it's across in England, in France, or even now in the USA at the moment, or even the odd player down under in Australia or New Zealand. But to start off this little series that we're going to have over the course of the season, I'm not going too far. I'm only going across to West London uh, and to the Orofu Championship. And I'm going to speak to two Irish players from the Ealing Trail Finders. First of those, David Johnson, who's been with the club since 2018. David is ex of Munster, while Keen Kelleher, more recently arrived at Ealing after uh, spells initially at Leinster, then over at Connacht before another spell back at Leinster as well. And he's joined up at Ealing for the coming season as well, as they look to gain promotion towards the English, uh, towards the English Premiership and the uh, the two-year exemption that's going to come with it as well when it comes to ring fencing. But David and Keen, thanks a million for joining us. How are you getting on? Good, yeah. No, yeah. It's good. Thanks for having us on. David, yeah. I mentioned at the start there in my introduction that like, it is a huge season for Ealing, as it has been for the last couple of years, because you've consistently been going for promotion now for the last few seasons. But obviously, the fact that for the next two seasons coming, the Premiership is going to be ring-fenced. So whoever does go up this year out of the Championship is going to have time to, be- to blend in, time to get used to the surroundings, rather than you know traditionally just having that situation where as soon as you go up, you're trying to keep your head above the water instantly. So... All things considered, like it is just a massive year for yourselves at Eden. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I think the club has kind of progressed a lot since I since I arrived. This is actually my fourth season now with Ealing. So every year the quality of the squad um has improved massively. And I think from from the time I've been here, this is the best squad we put together. We've improved a lot uh, in terms of the whole organization. Um and yeah, we're really excited for this. We're, we had a, we had a good year last year. Um, I think we proved ourselves that when we played those kind of Premiership style opposition, that we could we could really um, compete. And we had some great results against Newcastle and Saris Saris a couple of times. But we probably um, got to see the level when we played them in, in the in the playoff games. Uh, we can see the centers that that's required. So we've we've taken a lot of learnings from that and. Um, try to bring it into this season. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. And um, it'll be a massive year for us, but we're, we're ready for it. Was there any level of frustration when you found out that Saracens were going to be relegated down to the championship? That, you know, you'd been, you'd been coming close for a couple of seasons yeah. to actually getting that mark and you go, oh, all of a sudden it's Saracens who are going to be coming down rather than, you know, yeah. rather than the 12th best team in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah I suppose we kind of knew from earlier on the season um the way things had happened that that was going to be the case um so we could only kind of play what was put in front of us we're we're lucky to be able to to keep training and, and playing during um coronavirus and our season was like really delayed we only started in uh, i think it was february in the end when we actually got going so it was a quite short condensed season um i think we actually learned a lot playing against them that they've they're obviously a really quality team and we, we play them, I think, four four times during the course of the year. So from game to game, learning to see how they adapted to us and we adapted to them, we've, we've definitely taken some um, some massive learnings from that. And obviously difficult team to, to play, but we had to, we had to just get on with things. And obviously there is some frustration there, but 
Um, yeah, we're looking forward to this season now. It's it's all in our in our control. Um, so it's up to us to get it done now. And you mentioned as well uh, yourself that you've been there a few years. Uh, yeah. I was speaking to to Mike from the club there just before you came on, and yeah. you know this weekend you're set for appearance fifty for Ealing. Like when you arrived back yeah. in 2018, did did you envisage that you'd be here for a good number of years, or was it very much a kind of a let's see how this all goes? Yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't really know too much about Ealing to be honest. We played against them in the BNI Cup game um, a couple of years before I joined, and that's probably the first time I'd heard of Ealing. Um, so when I came, time that I was leaving Munster, I had been chatting to them over the year, a year or two previously, and um, I think when I arrived, the squad had changed nearly completely. There was 27, 28 new players arrived when I arrived, so it was kind of getting a new squad to try and progress to that next level. So. I got in at a really good time and it was kind of a, still a core group of us who arrived at that time um, still in the squad. So that's kind of been the core group for the last couple of years. And we've added really good quality um, as we've as we've progressed. And no, I've I've been delighted to play here. It's a really good club, really good guys. And as I said, I didn't really know too much about it. But now that I'm here, I'm loving it. Ian, you're only just in the door at Ealing. How have you found things since you came over in the summer? Yeah, I've loved it. Um I obviously came over in July now and um, I was sitting like a similar to DJ. I didn't really know too much about Ealing before coming over. Um, it was like kind of kept close eye on them last year as like when they got the result against Saris at the start of the year in the pre in the Trail Finders Cup, um, which I think a lot of world rugby kind of saw and um, got a bit of an interest in them then. So I so was in West London and so where like the ambitious fans they had and yeah like when when I when the time came in February time I was chatting to Wardy um yeah I was, re- I was really interested and like by the time I got over I was really impressed at the setup and stuff what they have here and uh, where they want to go um it's obviously frustrating played the two games against Gloucester and then I got injured there so I haven't been able to uh, contribute the last few weekends um but I'll be back soon and really get get going and help the lads push for that promotion uh, at the end of the year. You you spoke there about you know when the decision came for you around February or so was that when was that when you get the news in Leinster that you know unfortunately there isn't going to be a contract here for you you're going to have to look elsewhere and like what were yeah. what were the options for you at that stage? Was Ealing one of a number of potential options you had? Yeah so I kind of got let go um I think they started doing the contracts was it the first, the first, second week of January in answer? The yeah, because they couldn't, because they couldn't yeah. before January last year. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I was actually kind of shocked at the time because I thought I was playing a lot and I, like, guys playing well, like so. When it, when I got called in, I was a bit, a bit taken off guard by it. Um, but then I just started, I just started like getting in touch with people. Like Birch was very good, um, and like. The likes like friendly and stuff are very good. Um, I just ring around like even Pat Lamb got in touch. So like there's a lot, of, a lot of like good, good people in my corner and my agent did like got a few clubs involved. Like, but to be honest, I was more keen on keen on like staying somewhat local and then in terms of like London so close to home and then actually getting something for after rugby as well. Like and like Ealing put in a. 
all of my contract that they uh, support me in doing a master's through Brunel, which are linked to it, um, in business finance, which is great. Like, so kind of give you that solid, um, kind of gives you that like thing on the back burner to kind of help you and enjoy your rugby a bit more knowing that you're kind of taking a step in the right direction after rugby too. And you say as well, like this, you know, there were people that you were reaching out to, like, and people who were helping you get in touch with other people, like Brian Jackman, Andy Friends, Pat Lamb. How much of how much of rugby at that level is is actually like how much networking is involved? That yeah, you know, if you're if you're you know if you're a if you're a poor teammate or if you're if you're a bit of an ass in the dressing room, like you know these guys probably aren't going to go out and back for you down the line in a couple of years. So how much of it is it down to you know making those connections while you are at a club because you know you know in two three years time you might need a helping hand from one of these people. Yeah, it's funny. Like I I actually didn't realize until last year how much it matters. Like. Um, knowing people in circles and stuff um because as well as when you're younger like you're kind of it kind of just happens to you it kind of falls into place but um as you get older like and like it gets a bit more ruthless with age you kind of realize you need these people in your corner to give you a helping hand now and then um but yeah like I've, i kind of find everyone everyone kind of looks out for each other at the same time once you've like played with them and like you're not a bad teammate, as you said, or whatever. Like they'll they'll bat your corner and give you give you a hand. And like you you spoke as well about when you did get the news from Leinster that you know it came as a little bit of a surprise to you. You thought you were thought you were going well enough there at that stage. Like, what sort of a crushing feeling is that when you go in and you get that news? Yeah, like it was a weird one because I was I was living. Uh, Royal Auckland and Ross Maloney at the time. So, like, we'd be, like, best mates. I think we were all pretty shocked in the house because, I don't know, we just didn't, like, we were all, I think uh, Ross was up for a contract that year as well. So, like, we kind of, we we were both kind of talking about contracts a good bit coming up to the time. And I suppose neither of us kind of thought that either of us would be letting go, being let go. So when it happened, I was like, geez, I didn't see that coming. It was kind of blindsided, but, like it, it was COVID and that's the ruthlessness of the sport. Like it happens. Um, to be honest, I got, I was, I was pretty shocked at the time, but I wasn't upset or anything. Cause I, I kind of, I kind of wanted to leave Dublin at the same time. I was kind of done with the Irish system and how it was going. Like I was kind of frustrated with it. And like, it's been real nice, like breath, fresh air coming over to healing, like, experience new coaches and experience like a whole new playing squad and that's the great thing about rugby is the social aspect of it like like I spent three years in Galway and I considered I was as my best mates and went back to Leinster was playing with all my best mates from school again and then like come dealing again and a whole new group of mates from all over the world and like incredible lads and gives you a really good perspective on everything too like they they've all come from different backgrounds and you get to find out what what makes them tick or what they enjoy and how they see the game and stuff. So yeah, I think I've got a pretty good perspective of it all now. And, and I, I'm actually pretty grateful for how it's actually played out, like getting to live in West London and stuff. It doesn't get much better than that. Mm. And what was it about the, the Irish system you were finding frustrating at the time? Uh, I like, I don't know. Like just, it's just a, it's, I don't know. Like it, I suppose for me, I don't know, like I, I kind of, I got injured a lot. I got injured a lot when things were going well and just things were about to go well. I'd probably 
miss out on a chance that maybe it was like international selection when I was younger or um, just get game time then and answer when I was going well. Like, so it never really panned out the way I wanted it. So it was just frustrating. It was a frustrating time. And I think I didn't really enjoy, enjoy it as much as I would have liked. I, it was kind of, it nearly did feel at times like more of a job and a chore than it should have. Like I was kind of, constantly frustrated with either like my body not getting not being right to perform how I wanted to or whatever like so yeah like yeah it was it was like I, I don't mean to talk negatively at all like because mm. I, I did love it but you know like it's it can be a frustrating sport at times and um yeah that was that was kind of my my feeling yeah, I can imagine like just the, the need for a fresh start. David, yeah. um, like I would have in the lead up to this, I read an interview you gave to the 42 a couple of years ago. Uh, I think maybe just around about the time that you might have joined Ealing and you were kind of, I suppose, the opposite at Munster. You would have said that, you know, when the time came that you didn't get offered a new contract, you kind of knew the writing had been on the wall for a while. You obviously hadn't been playing. Yeah. And yeah. I imagine there would have been similar frustrations to what Keen was talking about there where, you know, it's kind of week on week and you might think you're playing well. And if you get a couple of minutes here, you do well. And all of a sudden you're not getting back on the pitch again for another couple of months. Like what's that frustration like when you're in the squad, but, but you're not in the squad almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's in every, in every team, every quality team, you're going to have those number of guys who aren't getting played as, as much as they like to. Um, but I, I love my time monster. It was what I always wanted to do when I was young and there was, it was a blessing and a dream to be able to play for them. Um, and like time came to leave, I, it would, it all kind of worked out in the end. I just finished my degree at UL and um, yeah, I kind of known for the, probably the year before that I was going to be leaving. So um, I was ready for a new, a new challenge. And when the evening came along and it, we played against, so I knew a bit about them. I was ready just to, to jump at something new. And as, as Keen said, coming to come to live in London and, experiencing all that and meeting new people um yeah in uh, with healing as well it's as Keen said it's, it's quite strange you get a lot of different people from from everywhere that probably didn't know too much about the team and then we're all playing together for a team in London that we probably never thought we would have um so that kind of brings a lot of people together because nobody's a lot of the guys aren't actually from London so we actually end up spending a lot of time with each other because we're all away from home and we're all kind of feeling feeling the same feeling. So um now it's been brilliant to just kind of grow with the team over the last number of years and exciting to see where we can get to. Yeah, I suppose like you're all well, most of the squad are going to be blow-ins pretty much. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. you're, you're all you're all pretty much doing the same thing of you're yeah. trying to chase that dream of just being a professional rugby player. And I'd be curious as well, like as you were saying, when when the time came and you did leave and you did go to Ealing, uh would you have considered getting out of rugby altogether or were you determined, you know, you, you wanted another crack at a different club just yeah. to, just to give this thing one more go? Yeah, no, I was, I didn't feel like I had given it, oh, I had gotten the opportunity to give it everything I wanted to. So I think I was only 20, 23, 24 when I, when I left. So no, I was, I was really confident to, to keep going and, um, just to grow, grow with the team, and that's the kind of that's the thing. When you're when you're not involved, you probably don't feel that value of I'm high into the group, and you probably don't feel as close to the group because you're not 
helping the guys the weekend and that's that's what I really enjoy now I feel like I add a lot of value to um where I am at the moment and that gives me like really good satisfaction to see myself improving as a player and then the team improving and the guys that I've moved here with improving as well so um, no, that's what I've really enjoyed and when you arrived here were you were you pretty much into the kind of match day squad straight away? Were you getting consistent game time week or yeah. week, or was that something that that you kind of had to build up towards as well? Um, I was I was something that I had to build up to, but I since I've been lucky, I've been kind of I've been fit since I've been here, so um, I've got a, a good string of games, and yeah, getting my fiftieth this this weekend would be great. Um, but no, yeah, I've been kind of got to play that run of games and. And felt like I was I was improving with that game time, and then just improving with the with the group as well has been brilliant. And what does that do for just your overall your overall mood for your mental yeah. health? That yeah. you know you're coming in training every single day, and you're training yeah. towards playing a game at the weekend. Yeah, massive. Yeah, it's just a sense of purpose that you feel like what you're doing is actually of value, and you're adding to the group. That's that's what I felt was. Most beneficial people are asking my opinion and valuing what I'm saying. Where sometimes, with the quality of the teams in Ireland, a lot of the time it's maybe just the senior players that have big influence, and what you do mightn't have the same effect. Whereas, whereas here, I feel like everything I do is uh, really of value, and that that gives you great purpose. Yeah, and like when you look at the Ealing squad at the moment, like mm. I'm speaking to two Irish players here, it's two of about eight or nine Irish players in the squad yeah. and a couple more other yeah. Irish guys in the academy as well. You've Kieran Campbell, who's been brought in, yeah. uh, you know, from the Irish under 20 and Ulster setup as well. Like there's mm. a huge Irish influence on the club, but even if you look around the rest of the league and into the premiership, into France and pro D2, like the, the numbers of Irish players that are going abroad to, to keep chasing that dream just seems to be growing year on year is I suppose the question for both of you, do you think like that the, is the world just getting a little bit smaller for all of us that, you know, the idea of going abroad to deploy your trade and go out and do it, do it somewhere else is kind of just a lot more appealing. Whereas I don't know, maybe just anecdotally, it feels like to me, maybe 10 years ago, the idea for most players was if they didn't get their contract at Munster, Leinster, Connacht or Ulster, that, they were probably packing it in and maybe they were going playing a little bit of AIL. And for some players, they weren't even doing that. So like are our players just a bit more inclined and a bit more open to the idea of exploring the world a little bit more and using that rugby, the rugby skills they have down the years to, to go out and earn a living and chase the dream. Yeah. I'd say like, it's a great stepping stone to experience something else. Like, and I think a lot of lads are kind of now using it to leverage that to, get a different experience, whether it be America, Australia, like France, Japan, even like, I know, I know a lot of lads in America, I know a lot of lads in like, that have played in Australia, France, and like one or two in Japan, and they've all loved it, like, it's been just like, a complete eye-opener, and gives you a completely different perspective on the sport, and um, they've loved it, like, and they're like, really grateful for the doors, I suppose, will be opened as well. And David, how would you think on that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think when you grow up playing rugby in Ireland, obviously you want to play for the four provinces, but it's, I don't think like, as you're saying, chasing the dream, I don't think it's, I don't really view it as that. I think it's to to be playing professional rugby wherever you're playing is, is brilliant. And I think a lot of guys have seen people who've gone abroad and 
and had the experience to to play in different teams. Uh, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I think guys that haven't had the chance to play in the four provinces, it's not that you're not chasing the dream anymore. It's just another opportunity to to go out and enjoy what you're doing. And David, I'd be curious as well. Like, how many Irish would there have been at Ealing when you would have arrived in there? Um, there was a couple actually when I did arrive. Um, Pete Lydon, um, he plays in France. Craig Trinier, he's at Harlequins. Um, Ryan Foley, who's another monster boy, uh, was here. Ben Betts was another monster guy. So there were always a few. I think that's the strength of the Irish system. I think Ealing have really valued. Um, I've seen the value in how maybe just professional and how um, how quickly the Irish guys learn. I think that's we've got a really good background from being in the Irish systems with the schools and and provinces that we've learned so much throughout the years that they really value the Irish guys. They know they're going to be getting quality players, quality professionals. I think that's that's grown definitely with Ealing and having Kieran come in is, a, is another strength that of the Irish system, seeing how progressed we really are and they really value Irish players. So um, I think, yeah, that goes to, to show how, how strong we are. And Keen, that probably touches on the experience you've had. And I know like Stuart Lancaster even has mentioned it on a few times down the years of how eye-opening it was when he saw a lot of those Leinster Academy players coming out of St. Michael's and from other schools as well, and just how professional they are and just how drilled they are for like the day-to-day routine of, of rugby at such a young age. Like you would have come through St. Michael's, I presume you would have experienced a lot of that, just how kind of how well drilled and how professional the setups are there. Yeah, it's it's so impressive. Like even from when I was there, like it was kind of only we were only starting to see the benefits of it when I was leaving. Um I went back there before COVID just to have, like to see see a few of the coaches like Skeen and, and McMahon. And um like they're just so they're so professional. Like the players know the pathway that they have to go on to get into the academy. Like it's so laid out from there. Um, like it's it's re- like really impressive what sort of what they have what they have in place now. Michaels and I'd say it's the exact same Blackrock, um, Belvo, Clongos. Like they all have, they all have that those stepping stones and they know what they have to do to get into the academy, either the Leinster Academy or else could be. Connacht, Ulster, Munster, um, and then if not, like they know they can go abroad with what they've seen other lads do, um, more recently too. And David, you would have come through as Rockwell, uh, as well as your brother Bill, a couple of year, a couple of years younger than you as well. He's at Ealing now as well. But a what was that stepping stone? Did you feel like from schools level to to academy level? Was there a big jump, or did you feel like you know you, that? that you were prepped as, as well as you could be. Yeah, no, definitely. I think since you're like probably 16, you're probably training as if you're a professional. So um, when the time came leaving school and going to UL and training with Monster, I think it was, yeah, you're right. We were pretty much ready for that professional kind of lifestyle, the day-to-day requirements. And we all loved it. So it wasn't tough work. We all really loved it and wanted to be there. So it's easy when you, when you enjoy it. And like the fact that you have been here a few years now and I mentioned that your brother Bill is over at Ealing as well he yeah. kind of came over at the tail end of last season and yeah. made the move permanent this season as well like have you been almost like a kind of a secret agent you know getting yeah. a, you know phoning up lads ringing them up were you on to Keen telling him uh, you know would you would you have known each other before uh, before you met the summer 
Yeah, we played we played the the Irish underage um, stuff, so we would have known each other. And yeah, when Bill moved over, it was um, I think he knew he was going to be leaving Ulster, and we actually just had an injury uh, out half the week before, and a couple of days later, Bill was over, so it, was, it all moved very quickly. But uh, it's been great. I used to play with I played a couple of Monster A games and underage stuff uh, with Bill, so no, it was great to have him over and and um, see what he can do this year now. And speaking of brothers, Keen, like I mean, geez, your your younger yeah. brother Ronan, he's he's not doing too bad for himself these days, is he? Yeah, I'm actually getting him over now next year. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, yeah, he's he's fine. He's going well. Um, yeah, I'll probably leave him a year or two now to just get get a World Cup in and then try try twist his arms, come over to Ireland, help us in the mm-hmm. Premier. Yeah, that's not too bad. Get us into the champion spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too bad an idea. Um, like you said as well, David, earlier on that you were talking about how the squad has changed so much down the years, and maybe in the last couple of years it, it has become more settled at Ealing. Was is that an issue maybe for for other clubs in the championship? Just the, the kind of turnover of players year on year and how difficult that is to make make a consistent club and a consistent squad. Yeah, I think especially since last year, a lot of teams. We were very fortunate we were able to keep training and keep our squad together, whereas a lot of teams, without having the revenue from game days, um, really struggled. And then it's difficult for guys to stay committed to teams when they might only be training once or twice a week and trying to play games. So, um, no, it definitely is a challenge, but we're really lucky by eating. We're able to keep going and keep building the squad. And the better we do, we're able to attract better players. Um and hopefully that continues on next year. And you would have had a little bit of a setback at the weekend, David. Yeah. You lost out to, to Cornish Pirates, having had yeah. a good win against Hartbury in the opening day of the season. Yeah. Is it is it no harm to have maybe a defeat like that early on in the campaign, just to just to yeah. keep everyone grounded a little bit? Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, we we're very disappointed. Um, I think we only had ourselves to blame. Um, we need to con- control how we perform every week and. As you said, it's a long season, a lot of quality quality teams and teams have had a really good pre-season getting ready for this season. And uh, we're under no illusion now of the challenge that's that's going to come up to us every week until the end of the season. So, yeah, good reality check and we're not getting ahead of ourselves and we really have to concentrate on, on making a plan and performing and executing that plan every week. All right, well, listen, it's been great chatting to you and the very best of luck this weekend on your 50th as well, David, and throughout the course of the season, Keen, I'm sure we'll see you in the, the green and white hoops soon enough. But uh, David Johnson and Keen Keller, thanks a million for joining us on RT Sport. Cheers. Cheers, Thanks very much.